You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 183 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. How's it going, guys? No, that's, that's not, not you. Not oh, you. No. How's it no. going, guys? Listeners out there, guys no, and gals. They're not going to answer. <laughs> they might. They might write us an email. It's like oh, I'm. I'm not. I'm not too bad. I, I heard you ask on, on 183. <laughs> you asked how I was. I just wanted to let you know that I'm. I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Here we are again with a brand new episode. Yep. This is our kind of accidental week of the werewolf not so much accidental it's just like hey there's two werewolf movies let's watch those yeah uh, it's not part of how of uh of uh what's the gimmick october, october. <laughs> which will be coming up in uh, two short well three short months in in october yeah hence the name <laughs> it's not just it, a clever name it's a it's a whole thing um okay now taylor taylor how's it going not so bad <laughs> Good to hear. What's new with you? Um, man, really, like nothing. Cool. <laughs> was your Was your dad here? He was. Okay. I wasn't sure if he had been here and you were just posting old pictures, or if he hadn't been here yet and you were posting old pictures, or if he was here. And... He he was here. Yeah. Okay. How'd that go? It was good. Um. We did like a little brewery tour. Brewery. Brewery. Didn't get a chance to hit them all, but um, yeah, we went to a bunch of different breweries and then we had a, uh, it was a memorial service for my uncle, but it was really just like a bunch of people hanging out at my aunt's house. That's kind of what, what they are. <laughs> yeah. Especially if the person's been cremated. Yeah. It's yeah, like, they, they had spread his ashes in Puget Sound the day before or two days before. Did they get a permit for that? I don't know. <laughs> they were going to do it off the ferry, but apparently the ferry stopped doing that because of COVID. Mm. The ferry has like a whole thing where you get like a biodegradable urn and stuff. and But yeah. apparently they stopped doing that for now. All right. Well, that's neat. Yeah, when people get cremated, you know, you don't have funerals. You have celebration of lives. Yeah. Celebrations of lives. Um, but it's a funeral. I mean, he was very like, you know, he was, he was a very casual guy. So I don't, I don't think he would want like a formal funeral. Sure. Yeah. Like, cause Lynn was asking me, she was like, you know, what's, what's the dress code? And I was like, honestly, you should wear a tie dye. Cause that's, that's the kind of person he was. He was a hippie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of the same way. I mean, not tie dye or, but like, like for my brother, my brother, wasn't like anti-religion, but he was like very not religious. And, you know, so yeah, when he died, we just 
I mean, he was cremated, so he had a, a big fucking party. Like, my buddy down there got um, his his business manager was like co-owner of this bar, like a really nice like bar and grill. So he rented out this big patio area, and we all just had a big fucking party. Um, probably like I don't know, like fifty or more people there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Different strokes. What's sad is when like somebody's not religious, but the family does it anyway. Yeah, it's like this isn't what they wanted. Exactly. Yeah, like I don't want a big formal thing with everybody in suits and stuff. Like, yeah, just just go have a party in my honor. Fucking a. Cool. Do shots and get crazy. (laughs) Did he stay here? Yeah. Right here on this thing. On that thing. Yeah. Guy. Neat. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 Well, yeah, I mean, not, not much has uh, changed in my life. I mean, still just raising a baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny uh, watching him kind of mature is not right, quite the right word. Just develop, I guess. I mean, become more of a person. <laughs> Turn into a human being. Yeah. <laughs> Less of a potato. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, when he was a newborn, all he did was cry, shit, and sleep, you know? And now he, like, he's still he's still too young to, like, engage with things. Like, he doesn't, like, you know, grab for things or play with toys or anything like that. He's still too young. But, um, you know, he'll, like, he started, like, smiling and kind of laughing. I saw your wife posted a video on Instagram, and it was, like, it was like the five stages of grief in one video. He was like <laughs> laughing and all of a sudden he was angry and then he was sad. And <laughs> he does like, he, he he gets into these moments where he like can't decide what kind of face he's going to make. And like, my wife will disagree with me, but I think he's like starting to notice like if he does a certain thing that it gets him attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she'd probably say, oh, he's not old enough for that, but I think he's plenty old enough for that at this point because like you know i'm starting to be able to tell when he's actually crying or when he's just making sounds that sound like crying (laughs) so he can get us to like pay attention to him it's like i won't be manipulated by you you little (laughs) shit (laughs) but yeah um coming up on the end of my paternity leave uh like three more weeks um, and I'm just trying to figure out how to adjust to going back to a full-time work schedule and still, you know, be dad. Yeah. Cause like right now we've got it, we've got it to where he only eats like usually like one time in the middle of the night. And like, I don't, I didn't really have any really preconceived notions, but I was kind of hoping we might be able to get him to a point where he was sleeping through most of the night, you know, uh, most nights to where maybe we didn't have to wake up and feed him in the middle of the night. Uh, but it's not looking like it's going to go that way. <laughs> so right now what we do is like, we'll usually alternate because like last night we stayed up till three in the morning just so we can get him one more feeding uh, before we went to bed so we could sleep through the night and not have to wake up, you know, after only having slept for a couple hours. Um, 
but usually we'll go to bed around like midnight or one. Um, and then he'll probably wake up around like three or four to be fed. And then we, we alternate nights between who has to do that. Um, but like back before he was even born, I told my wife, it's like, I'm going to be working two days a week. Um, which means I need to sleep, which means I can't wake up in the middle of the night to feed him because I'm going to lose sleep. And, you know, with my work, I, I can't afford to not, or to be sleep deprived because I'm dealing with people's money, you know? Yeah. Um, it was like, I'm, I wish I could, you know, say it wasn't that, say it wasn't that way, but that's just how it is. But going back to full time, it's like, I'm going to be on five days a week and I can't expect her to, to have to be the one taking care of him all night, every day. Yeah. So I don't know. got to figure out a, a strategy there. I'm still trying to figure out what the best option is going to be, but I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> we got our first night away since he was born um, for our anniversary a few days ago. That was nice. It was only for like a few hours. We went to a movie and dinner. So we were gone for like four or five hours tops. But it's just like just the, the break. Yeah. <laughs> like just the two of us away from the baby for, you know, precious few hours. It's like this is nice. <laughs> and then we went home. And it all came crashing down. Right. So there's that. That's life. Too much fun. Totally. Well, uh, yeah. It's been five years since you went to Horror Nights? Hmm? It's been five years since you went to Horror Nights? No. Oh, you just bought a 2016 shirt? Well, I mean, we went. Oh, right. I've only been twice. Yeah. So the first time, yes, was five years gotcha. ago. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> I've been talking to Kevin about because i'm i'm going there in october fuck you sorry um piece of shit but he's like yeah i think we're just gonna get like me and my wife are gonna get season passes to universal which includes the horror nights like i was looking at it i was like that's like so i was like okay so if i want to if i go and i want to do everything with them that means i have to get like the (laughs) max of max passes that like day and night express plus horror nights which is $230. Yeah, it's insane. And I was like, dude, a season pass is 250. I might as well just buy one. <laughs> well, it's like what are they intending to do? I don't know. Just like go on a random day. Oh, well, I mean like well like Halloween Horror Nights is only on I think it's is it Friday, it's Saturday and th- Sunday th- and Thursday. And Thursday. Um and it's like, you know, when the, the two times that I've gone, we've just gotten the uh, the kind of the split pass where you get hours before. Or no, I guess we didn't do that when we went, did no, we? No, we didn't. Okay, well, when my wife and I went, we got this. The day night pass. Day night yeah. pass, which was more expensive, but um, not as expensive as getting a full day pass. And honestly, I don't think we could have made a whole day at Universal Studios. Yeah. Because what we were there for was Hollow, you know, Hollywood Horror Nights, mm-hmm. and it's like that. That starts at six or seven. Six, I think. I think it's six thirty. Okay, 
I mean, that's when they switch everything over and when you can actually start lining up for the mazes. But it's like, it doesn't matter because the lines are enormous. Yeah. And there are other people with the day-night passes um, and season pass holders and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So it's like, it really doesn't matter if you go there during the day because there's not, it's not like Disneyland. You can't really make a whole day out of it. There's not enough stuff there. Yeah. Um, but of course, his wife wants to do... I mean, it doesn't matter if they get the season pass, but she wants to go day night so that they so that she can go see Harry Potter stuff. Yeah, and that's something we missed out on when we went. Not uh, that we care about Harry Potter. Not so. Let me validate that. I don't give a shit about Harry Potter. Like it could not exist, and I wouldn't feel any less of a person. But that ride is actually pretty sweet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've never been on it, but it's like. Um, if uh, that thing at California Adventure, the flying F- Soren, Soren, Soren around the world. If you took that and made it into a roller coaster, oh, it's that's what it's like. So it's pretty sweet. I mean, it's all Harry Potter and it's got like fucking characters. Like I don't know who the fuck that is. It's got like Snaggle Ditch and <laughs> Bumble Bitch, <laughs> Dumble Fuck. <laughs> But it is it is pretty fun, I have to say. Um, so yeah, we I mean, and you know the the other rides, you know, like the Simpsons ride and stuff. We we missed that. Yeah. But honestly, when when my wife and I went, we did all that with the what three hours of daytime we we had. Like we went on all the rides and did the the studio tour, like the tram tour. All in the time before everything switched over to Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. Or, it's, it's Hollywood or Halloween? It's on your shirt. <laughs> Just look at it. It's, it's Halloween. Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> I always get forget. If it, well, it's in Hollywood. So. But then they also have one in Florida. Well, yeah. That's Florida. That's called Florida. Florida Nights. <laughs> Halloween Florider. Well, they're, Florider. <laughs> there actually is a Hollywood in Florida. so That's true. Um, of course, they also do it in Japan. So there's a Universal Studios in Japan. I think so. Because <laughs> if you go to HalloweenHorrorNights.com, it asks you which one you want to go to. Cool. <laughs> yep. They could call it Halloween Horror Orlando. Ah, that's terrible. Orlando, Hollywood, Singapore, and Japan. Yeah. Singapore. I don't want to go to Singapore. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to Singapore. Cool, but yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know if, what I'm gonna end up doing. I might just be like, all right, you guys go. I'll meet up with you later. <laughs> you just going down there for that, or are you gonna hit up um, other stuff? I mean, so far the only thing we've booked is we got Oogie Boogie Bash tickets, which was a fucking nightmare in itself. But that's um, a fucking because they did like the online queuing this year, mm. and so it was like even before it opened, I logged on and it was like as soon as the thing opens, we're gonna put you in the queue. I can put in the queue, and all it says is you, your time remaining is more than one hour. That's all it says. Shit. <laughs> and so I just like kind of left it, came back, and it still said it came back like four hours later, and it was like more than one hour. And I was like, how much more? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you get, can you narrow that down a little bit? And finally, I just like gave up for the day. Went back the next day. Boom, bottom in three minutes. Nice. Uh, do they? They must sell, sell like an allotment of tickets per day or something. 
I guess. Cause yeah, I was like, why did I go through all of that yesterday? <laughs> like I was so worried it was going to sell out. And then, but I was able to buy tickets, like I said, in three minutes. Yeah. We were planning on doing horror nights. Um, plan on doing not scary farm, which we didn't do. I've never been to that, but since there's no, uh, um, uh, dark Harbor this year. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're talking about going down because although Knott's Berry Farms, people are going fucking crazy there. There was a shooting like right outside the gate. And then like two days later, some guy climbed to the Supreme Scream like all the way to the top and was like threatening to jump off it. Well, that's Buena <laughs> Park for you. Kevin <laughs> <laughs> uh, was like, maybe we skip that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, Six Flags up in Valencia. That used to be like the crazy place where all the fucking gangbangers hang out, hung out. But now it's like Knott's Berry Farms. It hasn't been great lately. Uh, How are you going to fuck with Snoopy like that? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking about going down to L.A. Uh, to see my family. I think I talked about that before. Um Sometime probably in September. You're going to have some fucking tacos? Get some fucking tacos. That's the other thing. Is like, me, me and Kevin's agenda is so fucking stupid. We're such nerds. Um, but it's like, okay, we're going to Disneyland, California Adventure, Universal Studios, Knott's Berry Farm. Got to hit Trejo's Tacos, Grill Them All. <laughs> there you go. And the Republic of Lucha. <laughs> and he lives in Thousand Oaks? Yeah. It's a lot of driving. Yeah. We... we we haven't made up our minds if we're going to do hotels or not. Yeah, it's a, that's a hard decision to make because you live like on the map close, but yeah, the drive is a pain, especially get, getting in and out of Thousand Oaks, like to go to L.A. or towards the beach or something. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, also, the Sounders are going to be there while, while I'm there. So we're mm-hmm. talking about hitting up the Sounders game. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking about going down there in September to see family, and we were floating the idea of maybe seeing if somebody would watch the kid to go, so we could go to Disneyland, because um, they start the Halloween stuff in late September. Yeah. Um, but I think we decided, because she... You, com- you don't want to take him to Disneyland? No, not now. Because <laughs> he can't go on any rides. And yeah, like, that's true. You know, for any for either of us to go on a ride, somebody has one to of hold us is gonna him. have to hang back. Yeah. Um. And uh, anyway, so her company has a Christmas party most years, uh, kind of like early end of December. Um. So we have just decided that you know we'll we'll make it a plan to go down there every year and just make a weekend out of it. Um. So we're probably going to do that. Just like see if maybe my parents or her parents will watch him for a weekend while we go down. We'll go go to Disneyland while we're down there. Because <clears throat> neither of us have actually been there for Christmas. So it'll be a new adventure. Fun. Yeah. That's funny, Mike. I like, you know, I, I see these people on like Instagram stuff that are like, you know, in their 30s. And they're just like, I fucking love Disneyland. And I was like, that's so weird. And then, like, ever since we went, I was like, no, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> Dude, I I have always loved Disneyland. And f- I would have gone every year of my life, but it's always just a financial thing. Yeah. 
It's like I up until the last ten years or so of my life, there's no way I could have afforded to go to Disneyland every year. <laughs> Lynn was like, "Are you going to go every October now?" And I was like, "What if I do?" <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will. Apparently, I'm supposed to go to Vegas next October, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice, nice. Maybe we'll go with you. Maybe. <laughs> well, well, you got to figure out your own shit to do because I'm going for a reason. Oh, what? Uh, Max's thirtieth. What? <laughs> yeah, he he turned thirty uh, like three weeks ago, but yeah. his his party is going apparently going to be next October. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about going to Vegas um, for our anniversary this year. Which, oh, yeah. You talked about this. And then, and then you just decided not to. No, I didn't decide not to. Well, she did. <laughs> yeah. The collective you. Um, anyway. All right. That's 20 minutes. Okay. Let's move on with the show. Uh, before we get into the meat of things, I want to thank our gravediggers over on Patreon. Uh, these lovely folks help support the show financially. Uh, we don't have an expensive show, but it does cost money, and uh, we don't have a lot of money. And the money we do have, we have to save for things like Disneyland. That's right. And Universal Studios. <laughs> and babies. Well, well, my baby. You're on your own on that one. <laughs> my baby. I took the baby. <laughs> I stole it from some stupid daikini. Um, yeah. So, uh, those folks... That I'm that I'm referring to, the grave diggers. You know the ones. Uh, they are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, it means a lot, and it does go a long way. Uh, Taylor, if anyone else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to Patreon.com/slash Grave Plot Podcast. Get in on the action for as little as $1, which gives you perks, including joining us live uh, on Discord for horror business, such as Bob Voorhees. We see you, Bob. Um, yeah, and then there's other other tiers. Get you other perks, others perks, and uh, turn into Dan for a second. Other, Squirrely Dan. <laughs> others perks for you guys. Uh, including if anyone donates $100, just one month, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. I mean, we prefer it were more than one month, but you know, once a tattoo's there, you can't take it back. If you pledge for more than one month, I, I can get a bigger one. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he can get like a a big dick on the other on the other. That's not going to happen. Just like a like a old school flash art version of a fucking big pink dick. No, <laughs> none of this is happening. With little spoojums. No, that's that's a that's a um, uh, stretch goal. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you do contribute more than one month, maybe the unicorn can like get a hat or something. <laughs> All right. Okay. If a unicorn wore a hat, would he wear it like behind the horn, or on top of the horn, or like push the horn through it? I think the horn would have to go through it. Yeah. I think it'd be the only way. <laughs> I mean, depending on where that where on the head the horn was, I guess. If it's more on like the forehead, you could probably just stick a hat there. Yeah. What Maybe. if it's just a horse with a sword front? <laughs> well, then uh, 
have, probably have to go over the horn. <laughs> or just sit on top of the horn. Let us know on Twitter how you think a unicorn would wear a hat. Hashtag unicorn hat. <laughs> I know you don't use Instagram much, but every time, like, I'll use it for, like, my, my art stuff. So I'll just, you know, throw hashtags on there so more people see it. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes it'll just come up with, like, these random hashtags that are just stupid. And it's like, there's no way anybody else ever uses this hashtag. But then it's like, you know, I'll type it in and say, like, more than 100 <laughs> or more than 100 posts. It's like, really? And it's all tits. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before we get into horror business, we do want to uh, address something, something very important. Yeah. Kevin Nash wants to play Herman Munster. That's not important. Oh, that's not the thing? Nobody cares. And also, isn't Jeff Daniel Phillips playing Herman Munster? I, I don't know if that was ever confirmed or if that was just part of the... Cause, Zeitgeist? Cause, yeah, because that was just like... A, it was The whole thing was a rumor at first. And I don't know if that was just like part of the rumor part of it or if that was actually like confirmed casting. Well, he's in the movie, isn't he? I, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, Kevin Nash shouldn't be in anything. He's going to tear his quad. <laughs> uh, he's a terrible actor. <laughs> like, like the only t- the the role that I that comes to mind with him actually having speaking parts was in the Longest Yard, and fucking Christ, was he bad? <laughs> uh. The other one I can think of is the Punisher, but he didn't have any speaking parts. All he did was hit people, and you know that's what he's good at. Yeah, just stick with that and tearing his quad. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the other thing. Oh, the other thing. Uh, the Grave Plot Film Fest 2022. Uh, we are confirmed for February 5th, 2022. At get this, 3 p.m. What? We usually start at noon. Yeah. Yeah. So we pushed it back. So we have more of a, I don't know, early afternoon, nighttime event. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get snowed in um, because we narrowly avoided that one year. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, on those really cold days where it's just like refreezing every night, the the later you go, the more frozen the roads get. (laughs) It's true. So fingers crossed. Yeah, we are going to be back at the Arc Lodge Cinemas in Seattle, Washington, back doing it live once again, doing it, doing it, and doing, doing it, it live, live, okay, doing like, it like live. Well, <laughs> well, maybe not. Well, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Apparently we're not entertaining enough. <laughs> I, I was so sick. <laughs> um, submissions will be open August 1st. So if you are, or know a, someone who has made a short horror film, let them know to submit it over at filmfreeway.com slash great plot film fest. Uh, tickets will go on sale later yeah it's and, not until february don't worry about tickets yet yeah and you know in, in years past we've always encouraged it to be kind of new material something that's been made in the last year or so but because we know that people for the most part weren't making many films last year um you know we I, I, like we did last film festival we're just kind of saying hey if it's been made in the last you know, three to five years, and it hasn't played our festival before, then send it to us. Yeah, I mean, even if you submitted it in the past and it didn't make it, try again. Fucking hey, 
We don't have that good of a memory. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, keep an eye on grayplotfilmfest.com for uh, for more information on that. Yeah. Also, uh, I mean, I'll just mention this quickly. We've said that Crypticon Seattle is back in action this year. Mm-hmm. In uh, August this year. Yeah, and we will be uh, doing an hour. Have we talked about this before? Yeah. We have? Okay, well. Yeah. I guess it, it's worth mentioning again. We're going to be doing an hour of the Best of Grave Plot Film Festival uh, on Sunday? Uh, Saturday. Saturday at 11 in the morning. Yes, I think it was 11. Yeah. So if you're in the Seattle area or you plan to be in the Seattle area for Crypticon the last weekend of August this year, uh, stop by on Saturday morning and uh, check out an hour of Grave Plot Film Festival. And then you can, go the say hi to, you can go say hi to Elvira and Joe Bob. Yeah. And Darcy, I assume she'll be there. She seems to... And John Kassir. Right. And Billy Zane. <laughs> Tony and Billy Zane. Fucking beautiful Billy Zane. Tony's going to be like, I, I need to get in line to see Billy Zane. And then we'll get up there and he'll be like, Your eyes are so blue. <laughs> can you sign my phantom <laughs> action figure? Has anyone ever told you your eyes are so blue? <laughs> yeah, like all the time. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so stupid. Stupid. Do you remember in Phantom? Oh, <laughs> uh, neat. Do you remember in Twin Peaks when you flew the plane? <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> you remember in Back to the Future when you were like hanging out with Biff? What about it? That was awesome. <laughs> Do you remember it? <laughs> All right. That's enough bullshit since we've been doing it for it's, half an hour. That's probably too much bullshit. That's a lot of bullshit. That's like record-breaking bullshit for us. Maybe. I don't know. We talk a lot of bullshit. <clears throat> it's true. Doom. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's do some horror business. Uh, starting out in real world horror, um, this is some straight fucking, like, like, detective drama shit right here. This is some seven shit. Right. Uh, New York City, a city that never sleeps. The biggest little city on the planet. That's Reno. The Windy City. (laughs) I think it's the Windy Apple. Windy Apple. Uh... In New York City, an 80-year-old man was found dead in his apartment. Well, actually, I guess it doesn't specify if it's his apartment. Oh, Staten Island. Okay, well, that makes a little more sense. Um, it's found dead in a New York apartment with the words, I touched little girls, scrawled across his body. You telling me this dude gets off on little girls with pigtails? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, T, it's, it's an addiction. <laughs> You work in the sex crime unit, and he's a pedophile. <laughs> you mean kind of like when somebody smokes too many cigarettes? <laughs> or when someone eats too much chocolate cake? Or like when someone eats too much chocolate cake and then barfs it up? 
Yeah, man. You, <laughs> you got, got it. it. <laughs> uh, the body of Robert Rayner was found inside of the first floor hallway of his Staten Island apartment building. Mr. Rayner's upstairs neighbor told the New York Post that he was jolted awake in the wee hours of Monday by a ruckus. <laughs> Mr. Rayner's upstairs neighbor told the New York Post that this guy was a bozo. <laughs> <laughs> He touches tots. <laughs> tots are angels who haven't died yet. <laughs> the less time you live, the better in the eyes of the New York Post. <laughs> A hero is any man that does his job. <laughs> hero tutor teaches after school. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Isaac Williams... 40 years old, uh, said it was so loud I could hear it over the air conditioner. I said, what the hell are they doing down there? It was a loud banging, like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like people were wrestling or someone was throwing somebody around. So, <laughs> the best part of this... Because <laughs> uh, he's new in town. <laughs> But I think the best part of this is that he's like, it was so loud, and it was like, boom, boom, boom. Like, people were wrestling. I watched so, and then you I, in my room. And then I just went back to sleep. <laughs> like, he didn't do anything about it at the time. <laughs> he was like, huh? Uh. <laughs> he was like, well, that's New York. <laughs> Welcome to Brooklyn, kid. That's a lot of Mulaney jokes in a short <laughs> yeah, amount of time. I think, I think we just, like, quoted the whole album. <laughs> Um, uh, the next morning I was coming down to get some cigarettes. Why is this still his voice? <laughs> gotta keep it up. I gotta go with the character. Continuity. I just happened to look back in the hallway and I saw him laying there. My first instinct was to, instinct was that he was drunk and he'd just fallen. Even though I'd never seen him drunk. Apparently this guy is played by Nathan Lane in the movie <laughs> adaptation that Tony is making. <laughs> But then I just looked. I didn't get too close. And I was just looking at his stomach and his chest to see if they were moving. But they weren't. He was dead. Yep. That's ad lib. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Rayner was wearing nothing but pants, which were well down below his waist, while his arms were above his head, as though he'd been dragged, Mr. Williams said. Oh, fuck. I fucked it up. I didn't know this was a quote. I don't think it was a direct quote, so... Okay. So you're okay. Uh, Written on his bare chest were the words, I touch little girls, according to police. Uh, Sources added that I take dolls in my room for girls age one to five was written on his stomach, while I touch was scrawled on his right foot. What? Okay, I thought there was maybe a connection, but there's not. There's just... He touches... He who touches. Touch. I am the one who touches. <laughs> I was going to say myself on the other foot, but the marker ran out. <laughs> um, Anybody else? That's the dance you do. That's <laughs> it's a sexy dance. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my sister, who is about four years younger than me, would sing that song. My dad didn't like that. <laughs> But it's like hard to get a kid to stop singing a song. Mm-hmm. And I, being older and wiser, 
She, or she would say, I don't want anybody else. When I think about you, I touch my head. Oh, that's not so bad. <laughs> but me, being older and miser. No, that's wrong. <laughs> and one to correct incorrect. One to correct people who are clearly in the wrong. Said, that's not the words, idiot. <laughs> it's I touch myself. Being about six years old, or not, probably like 10 or younger, um, not knowing what that meant. Yeah. And my dad's like, well, maybe it is touch my head. You don't know. I'm like, maybe I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. My whole worldview has been shattered. So my dad made me feel like an asshole for no reason. (laughs) Made me question my my sanity. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, Mr. Williams confirmed the unnerving messages, noting that they appeared to be written in black magic marker. It would have been more metal if it had been carved into it. Yeah. This sounds like... More brutal. This sounds like something you would have seen on, like, The Punisher or Daredevil, like one of those gritty Marvel shows. Yeah. Um, The man hardly ever came outside. Uh, He could... The man hardly ever came outside... He could barely walk. He could barely lift his arms up. When he'd go to the store to buy beer, he had to put a backpack on for two little cans because he couldn't carry them. That's how pitiful his state was. <laughs> the man looked like he was 110. Well, he was 80, so it's close. He's in the age bracket, I think. Yeah. 80 to 120. I think when they do like demographics, there's it's like 70 and above. They're just like... <laughs> We're not breaking it down any further. Yeah, you're just... You're just old. old. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Rayner had 24 arrests to his name, but his record did not suggest a history of pedophilia. The A-E threw me off. Yeah. Um, Stupid English. I don't know. For a guy that can't seem to hold two cans of beer, I kind of doubt that he touches little girls, especially if he lives in an apartment in Staten Island. Unless there are like other little girls that happen to live in his building. Yeah, I feel like that's that would be very hard to be covert about. Yeah. I mean, unless he did it uh, in his younger years, like the Golden State Killer. I mean, that's true. They didn't catch him for a long time. Yeah. Thanks to good old Michelle McNamara. Yep. R.I.P. Yep. Um, yep. yep. Uh, yeah, well, I guess uh, we'll never really know if he did indeed touch little girls. Yeah, I mean, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. At this point, it doesn't really matter because he's already dead. Yep, yep, yep. So now he's definitely not going to touch any more little girls. Yep. <clears throat> so there you go. Yeah, this is this straight sounds like something out of a movie or like a cop drama. Yeah. SVU. SVU. Ice T. <laughs> You mean this guy like to touch little girls with pigtails? Alright, so we've talked several times about the new Evil Dead movie, Evil Dead Rise. It's true, we have. Uh, now we've got some some fresh details. Apparently filming is roughly halfway complete. Wow. Wow. 
Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, the movie stars Gabriel Eccles from... Okay, buckle in, because these are some names of both actors and movies that I'm sure we've all heard of. <laughs> Gabriel Eccles of Reminiscence, Morgan Davies of The End, and Nell Fisher from Splendid Isolation. I love those movies and yeah. those people. We'll all star alongside... I love those men or women. <laughs> or neither. Somewhere in between. Uh, they will star alongside Alyssa Sutherland and Lily Sullivan. From nothing, apparently. Totally. Uh, but now Mia Chalice of Clickbait has signed on. Oh. Oh, Clickbait. Uh, she will play a character named Jessica, described as an 18-year-old girl who is obsessed with fashion and Instagram. Jessica loves to be the center of attention, although she is smarter than she lets on. So she's every 18-year-old girl. Yeah, basically. <laughs> According to Variety, the next chapter in the saga builds off the original trilogy rather than 2013 reboot. Evil Dead Rise moves the action out of the woods and into the city. The twisted tale centers on two estranged sisters, portrayed by Alyssa Sutherland and Lily Sullivan, whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. That's yeah. our first real kind of plot details. Pretty much, yeah. All I, we've known before is that it's set in a high rise. I think we knew about the sisters having some kind of reunion, but I think that's kind of all we really knew. Um, this is, you know, it's saying that it, it's not, a continuation of the 2013 movie, but rather the original trilogy, which over the course of the trilogy just became straight comedy, like yeah. action comedy. This doesn't sound anything like that. No. Like even the original Evil Dead, because of its low budget. It was an unintentional comedy. Yeah. It was just so hokey that it was funny. Yeah. Then you got, you know, Evil Dead 2, which had a bigger budget and was basically a rewrite of the original movie. Uh, which had equal balances of drama and comedy, I think. Um, but this sounds like it's just a straight horror movie, which makes it... Like so it if, sounds more akin to the reboot. Yeah, if you want to make it fall into the same kind of universe as, you know, the original Evil Dead movies with Ash and you know, all that, I think you got to convey the same kind of energy and feel of it. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just going to feel like a reboot. But I mean, there's also... You know, talk on the underground that the, the remake was actually part of the same universe, and yeah, which feels shoehorned to me. Like, yeah, it's a little hard to. Believe. It feels like they had got some some flack for it, and they were like, "Oh no, it's part of the same thing." <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you brought that up because speaking with Entertainment Weekly, producer Bruce Campbell, best known as Ash Williams says people can ac actually call it what they want. Sequel, remake, reimagining. It really is just another Evil Dead movie. It's book-centric. It's all about the Necronomicon. Where does this book wind up and what happens to it over the millennia? Yeah. Which just kind of sounds like that's why there's no Ash. It's like, okay, that's a cop-out, but... Yeah. Um, and it's like... I don't know. The, the, the whole Evil Dead... You, universe or you know timeline all the different stories they don't make any sense and nobody wants to like try to make any sense of it because <laughs> it's like you got the three original movies which are all connected then you have the remake slash reboot which appears to not be connected 
appears to be its own thing. Mm-hmm. But then you got some people saying it's connected to the original trilogy. Some people saying it's not. And you got fucking Raimi and Alvarez and Campbell who don't want to confirm or deny anything. Sure. Uh, and then you have Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is a continuation of the first movie, right? Or no, second movie. It ignores Army of Darkness, like Army of Darkness never happened. Yeah. So I guess the first two Evil Deads are considered canon. And then you have Ash vs. Evil Dead. And now this seems like it's ignoring Ash vs. Evil Dead or is in a completely different, you know, continuity. It's like... Would you just tell us if this is like the same story or not, for Christ's sake? Because it really sounds like it isn't. Yeah. I mean, not that it just matters. Saying, oh, it's, it's all connected because it all has the Necronomicon. It's like, well, that, there's a lot of movies that have a Necronomicon. They're not Evil Dead movies. Yeah. And it's like fucking Ed, um, not Edgar uh, Allan Poe, um, Lovecraft. I mean, where they got the concept of the Necronomicon, <laughs> yeah. Necronomicon to begin with. It's all different stories, but the Necronomicon would come up in several different ones. Um, and so, but they're all, you know, somewhat connected in, in one way or the other. But it's like, I don't know. Uh, Campbell goes on to say, it's entirely different, unsuspecting heroines who are going to save the day. It's filming now in New Zealand with some of their amazing crews down there and they're well into it. Rob Tappert is the hands-on producer and we're all very involved in the script. We all jump in at various times to chime in. The three of us are very involved. That being him, Tappert, and Raimi. Right. Well, it's good that they're being involved with it. Um, I mean, I hate to think that they're just like, all right, well, yeah, go make an Evil Dead movie and we'll just collect a check. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from what I've heard from like, Campbell doing interviews and stuff. It's like he seems so checked out of the whole Evil Dead thing and, you know, being Ash. Like he's very clearly just done with it. So the fact that he's still involved with Evil Dead is a little contradictory, I think, but whatever. Ash gonna do what Ash gonna do. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Obviously, no release date yet because they're still filming, but uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, we have to presume in the next year or so. What an excellent day for an exorcism. All right, so coming up... Next month? Month after? What? Halloween Kills. October? Is it in October? Okay, I think I didn't. I'm, I'm almost certain. Okay, well, coming up this year, regardless of when, uh, I've got David Gordon Green's follow-up to his Halloween movie, Halloween Kills. Um, Halloween, of course, being a continuation of the first Halloween movie, which makes no sense. Right, Halloween, the sequel to Halloween. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so dumb. They should have kept at least the second movie in there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, pretty much everything after two was garbage. I mean, except for like the first Rob Zombie movie, that was okay. But should have just they should have kept Halloween two in there. God damn it! 
Or they should have, you know, called the movie something else. Or that. I remember Halloween Returns was like, I don't know if it was a working title or what, but it was one that was being thrown around. Mm-hmm. Well, regardless. Um, <clears throat> and then Halloween Ends in 2022. Such good titles. <laughs> so Halloween Kills, yeah, coming out presumably in, August, in October. Um, but after that, right? Or is he working? No, because he's doing Halloween Ends first, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they filmed them back to back. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so... Once he's done with Halloween, um, next on the the roster for him is a reboot of Exorcist. He's just treading in all kinds of dangerous water. Yeah. Um, I don't know why anybody would try to remake or reboot or anything of The Exorcist. It's like they made a prequel to it, and that did so poorly, so fucking poorly, <laughs> poorly. Yeah, that was that was really bad. Um, yeah. And you know, they made the TV show, but that wasn't a remake of the movie. That well, neither a- is this, allegedly. <laughs> we'll see. Um Okay, so yeah, uh David Gordon Green himself confirmed that he um is going to be working on this. He said, he, no, he confirmed that it's a sequel to the nineteen seventy three movie. You're right, sorry. <clears throat> Also, this is for Blumhouse. Yeah, I was getting to that. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, he confirmed that it is a sequel uh, in, a, in an interview with Total So, Film I mean, he's magazine. basically doing the same thing he did with Halloween, where he's, although from what I read, he's not retconning the sequels to this, although he should probably uh, probably go ahead and retcon part two. Yeah, we can all just pretend part two didn't happen. Yeah, the heretic. And the connection to between part one and part three it's so tenuous anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got Father Karras, but... Yeah. But, like... Let's see. I believe the original... Like, the William Blatty book was not that tied to the original Exorcist. And they changed it for the movie. I think that's the case. I haven't read the book, so I don't know for sure. But <clears throat> anyway, David Gordon Green says The Exorcist has been written. That was one I one of my pandemic project projects. It's not inaccurate uh, that it will be a sequel to the original film. I like the I like all the Exorcist movies. Even yeah. two, really. Gordon, uh, Gordon Green explains the whole total film, and not only do I like them, I think that they can all fall into the acceptable mythology for what I'm doing. It's not like I'm saying pretend that the Exorcist Two never happened. I'm still gonna do. I'm still gonna do that. I pretend. I pretend that that doesn't exist all the time. Yeah. Like when I'm watching uh, the first Exorcist movie, I'm just like that never happened. I was like, man, remember the sequel, which was part three? It's weird <laughs> they never made a part two, but. Um. I uh, said that's fine to exist. They're all fine to exist, and I enjoy all of them. You are such a fucking shill. <laughs> I hate people that do that. It's like, it's like, hey man, wasn't that you know whatever just total dog shit? That was garbage. It's like, well, you know, I think it's fine. I think it has room to exist in the world. Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> fucking pretentious little shit. 
<laughs> um, like it's not okay to not like something. Um, lost my place. There it is. Uh, he added, it's another fun legacy to be part of, and hopefully we'll get that going in the near future. That one is a lot of research rather than just impulsive screenwriting. That's one that you talk to a lot of people, you read a lot of books, and you do a shitload of interviews. There's such a dramatic authenticity, authenticity to what the original film is. It's a lot more than I anticipated getting into. Or, sorry. It's a lot more than what I anticipated getting into it. There's no what there. You're adding a word. Sorry. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I might be a little dyslexic. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think you might be too. It's a lot more than I anticipated getting into it. There we go. Uh, and I guess it was just naive of me to think that. But I think it was really very exhilarating to be involved in a lot of those conversations that you find yourself in. I I feel like people are like furiously protective of the exorcist. Mm-hmm. I mean, the uprising when they announced they were going to be doing a TV show, before they even announced what it was going to be about, mm-hmm. people were losing their shit. Um. And I feel like we talked about that on the show. It's like, oh, people are going to be upset. Yeah, I think we were upset. I don't remember to what degree. I'm sure I was offended that they would touch the exorcist. But like I said, it ended up not even being, uh, you know, the movie. They they really just made another exorcist story. Yeah. And called it the exorcist. Yeah, basically. Just cashing in on the name. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, don't know exactly what context this is gonna, how this is gonna fit in. If it's gonna be a completely different story, like, um, like part three kind of was, um, or if it's gonna be, you know, a very um, direct sequel. And if they're not retconning all the other sequels, like, does it fit in like between one and two? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think they're gonna have to recast Reagan, right? Well, if obviously Linda Blair is way too old. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, is, is it going to be taking place in the eighties? Is it going to take place? I mean, if it's between day? one and two, it's going to have to. Well, we don't know if it's going to be between one. Well, and I know, two. but I'm, I'm saying if, because I mean, they could very easily do the same thing to do with Halloween. Sure. It's like they came out same year. Exorcist was 73. 70. God, it was 73. Fuck. You're right. There it is right there. Yeah. 73. That's what I said. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like they did with Halloween, original 1979, and then the direct sequel that was retconning everything was, what, 40 years later? But that's the thing. This isn't retconning the sequels, and it says it's a reboot or a sequel to the original, to the first one. Yeah. So then in theory, it has to take place between one and two if it's a sequel to the first one. But maybe they're retconning all the sequels. But he said they're not. He did? That's fine to exist. They're all fine to exist. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. I think they can all fall into the acceptable mythology for what I'm doing. I don't know. Maybe it's not even going to be about Reagan. Maybe it's going to be like a sidequel. Sidequel? Please don't give them ideas. (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe it's going to be like kind of what they're they're saying that the Evil Dead Rise is going to be like. It's going to be in the same universe, just a different story, you know. Uh, 
Why do they do this to me? Uh, because they don't have any ideas left. <laughs> because fuck you, that's why. It's just like, you know, David Gordon Green, who I can appreciate as a director and a writer, uh, particularly, you know, comedic. Um, it's like his his claim to fame is Halloween, which is taking the concept of an already established property and writing a new movie. It's like a lot of people can do that. Sure. And now he's doing it again. Yeah. So it's like, why are we giving him credit as like this genius of horror? You know, kind of like uh, how we're doing with Jordan Peele. It's like Jordan Peele came from a comedic background. And I think we've, we've been over this before. Uh, Jordan Peele came from a comedic background and now he's making his bones in horror and doing a really good job at it. Mm-hmm. But all his stories are ri- original. It may be inspired by things that have occurred or, you know, other movies, but original concepts. Yeah. This, he's literally just taking somebody else's idea and running with it. Yeah. Like, I mean, when, you know, we were, we reviewed Halloween, we were like, yeah, it feels like a Halloween movie, which good for you. Like, I, I mean, and I mean that sincerely, like good for you. You made a movie that feels like John Carpenter's Halloween without John Carpenter being involved other than, you know, signing some paperwork and collecting um, checks and, collecting checks. and you know, <laughs> Doing the theme. Yeah, pressing three keys on a keyboard. But, you know, that's commendable because plenty of people have taken other properties and made a sequel and it's dog shit and it doesn't feel like it connects to the rest of the franchise. Yeah. Look at most of the Friday the 13th sequels. Hey, now. <laughs> Tread <But>, lightly. <laughs> but yeah, at the same time, you're just taking someone else's property and making a sequel to it. Yeah. And it's like, Okay, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have done that, and you know, some have made careers off of it. But like, you can only give you give you so much credit because it's not your idea. Yeah. And so let's not just like start giving him all the great horror franchises and being like, now do this one. Yeah, and it's like, like let's slow your roll. Yeah, think of all the sequels of Halloween, like all the, in the original continuity. It's like aside from John Carpenter himself, do you know who directed any of them? Mm, no <laughs> there you go it's because they were fucking oh rob zombie that's not the original <laughs> continuity but like those guys were like day players like they directed a movie and that's actually an even more apt representation of what i was saying like look at all the sequels to halloween there's a reason you retcon them because they don't make any fucking sense in the continuity they're like oh now all of a sudden he's a, in a cult and he's a god and like, <laughs> what no he was a little kid yeah yeah, it's like, didn't they like try to say that his parents were cultists or something? Yeah, it's like, oh, you mean those those regular just maybe that's where they were at a cult when meeting? they were when they were gone while he stabbed his sister. They came home. They're like, Michael, what did you do? Wink. <laughs> it's like we totally know what he did. We planned it this way. It was foretold. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean. I've said this to, since I till I was blue in the face that I'm not a big Halloween fan, um, but I appreciated the re- the remake for what it was, or not remake, but um, reboot, requel, requel. <laughs> um, and you know I'm not super precious like people you know like in our parents' generation would be of The Exorcist, um, but I think that that is very. Uh, 
That's hallowed ground. It's, yeah, people get very protective of The Exorcist. Some people still say that it's like the most terrifying movie ever made, which was never a camp that I was in, personally, but, you know, teach their own. But there's still people that think that. And so when you fuck with people's, you know, religion, that's, that's uh, a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. So I guess my message to David Gordon Green is, Tread lightly. And good luck. So speaking of Jordan Peele, did you do that on purpose? No. No. Well, thanks for that. I mean, yes. Uh, Jordan Peele recently gave us just the tip, gave us just the just the tiniest little tease of his next film. We've been mm-hmm. hearing for months now that he's, he's like, ooh, hey, boys. <laughs> little golf club. <laughs> um, he's been saying for months, you know, that he's working on a third movie, that it's going to be his scariest one yet. It's going to be just straight horror. It's not going to be another, um, what did he call him? What did he call us and get out? Sociological thriller or something like that? Social thriller? That's, yeah, something like that. Something like that. But th- he says this one's going to be a straight horror. Uh, and he gave us the poster. So I- I'll try and describe it best I can. There's a, a small town or a village, looks like. Uh, and there, it's, it's nighttime. There's stars in the sky. It's a little overcast. And there's one just big glow cloud. All hail. All hail. <laughs> There's just one cloud right in the middle, and it's got like a kite string hanging off the back. Because Doc Brown's inside. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's pretty much it. And all we really can glean from this is that the movie is called Nope. And it stars Daniel Kaluuya, who of course was the, the leading Get Out. Uh, Kiki Palmer from Scream as well as Steven Yoon, who most famously was Glenn on The Walking Dead and was also in Mayhem. And he's the voice of Invincible. And didn't he just win an Oscar for something? Or he was in a movie that won an Oscar? I don't know if he won, but in yeah, he was nominated at least. I think the movie won. I can't remember. I don't watch the Oscars, so. Yeah, me neither. I don't give a shit. Uh, Kids' Choice Awards. That's the real. There it is. <laughs> MTV Awards. Does that still exist? Yeah. The Moon Man? Yep. Although it has much less of the... Uh, um, what's the what's the one where you get the golden popcorn? Is that the, that's the MTV Movie Awards. That's the Movie Awards. The Moon Man is the Music Awards? Music Awards. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, also, we know that the film is set for July 22nd, 2022. So we've got a full year to wait for this one. Uh, not on the poster, but confirmed is that Michael Wincott from The Crow, Barbie Ferreira, and Brandon Perea are also involved. But uh, no plot details, just a big cloud. Just, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Look like a bottle of nope. <laughs> so, I mean, it's got to be aliens, right? I mean, I guess. I, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> But when I saw that, like, 
you know, like the the flag banners that they hang at like car lots and right, stuff. Yeah. The same thing that Doc, Doc Brown got <laughs> caught up in in the end of Back to the Future too. It's like I saw that. And I'm like, is this a Back to the Future sequel? I know. I just sent you the poster. I didn't give you any kind of context. I just sent you, and you were just like, "Is this a gag?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, it's like the well, I mean, the title. Yeah, like, like I thought maybe that was like it feels the, like a parody or something. Well, I thought that was like the tagline or something. I'm like, that's a bold tagline. I'm like, wait, no, that's the title. What? No. <laughs> and then like the fact that Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya was in it. I'm like, okay, well, people are just it's because he was in Get Out. To make a gag poster because yeah, why would George Peel put put him in another movie? But yeah, sure shit, it's real. And then I've already seen people being like, "Did you notice this? Did you notice this?" People are like, "If you look in the clouds at this spot, there's a face," which I I didn't see a face. Then someone said there was something in the stars. The stars had written something. So people are already looking for all kinds of different clues and Easter eggs. And you know, with any other director, I'd probably say you're reading too much into it. With but with Jordan Peele, he, I mean, he puts that kind of shit in his movies too. So, yeah, I'm sure there probably are a lot of Easter eggs in the poster. I just didn't bother to look. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Are you pulling up Easter eggs, or are you just looking at the poster? No, oh, I pulled up the note poster, and it's just a bunch. Is of- the Trump one? <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on uh, on Mr. Peele. As we as we do, because we're always watching. <laughs> we're always watching. <laughs> I mean, like you know, as we're horror stands today. I mean, aside from like indie films, uh, he's kind of like our last great hope, I think, because you got fucking Blumhouse and fucking, although Get Out was a Blumhouse movie, yeah, and this probably is too. Anyway. Yeah, I see some shapes in the stars, but whether or not they actually mean anything, I can't really decide. They almost look like numbers. Anyway, we can dwell on this later. Let's move on. I hope it's just about a glow cloud. <laughs> like I hope there's no, no like other secrets inside the cloud. It's just the cloud itself. Yeah, or that uh, that strange cloud slash mist that turns people's inside turns people inside out. <laughs> yeah, one singular sensation. <laughs> uh, did we get mixed up somehow here? No. Oh, wait, never mind. I'm thinking, I usually do the last story, but that's not right. You usually do. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, uh, back, fuck, over a decade ago, um, EA. 12 years. There you go. Um, EA, the game developer, uh, put out. Electronic Arts. Thank you, Taylor. You're welcome. Put out two games, uh, Dead Space and the aptly named Dead Space 2. Um, they were horror sci-fi based games, um, in it, you, uh, play the role of, I, uh, a, a space miner, um, as in one who mines, 
uh, by the name of Isaac. <laughs> Not a child. Right. Uh, by the name of Isaac. Um, can't remember his last name. Doesn't matter. His first name's Isaac. Um, and basically, it, it, it follows sort of a similar plot to like um, Aliens, where he's on this mining ship and this alien outbreak happens where people are turning into these you know zombie monster things and basically it's 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 a um fuck it's been a long time since i played i can't remember if it's over the shoulder or if it's first person oh i don't remember um either way but yeah it's it's basically a shooter game um shoot them up you know you you the the look of isaac's your suit is pretty iconic. He's wearing his miner's mask, which is it looks like a bunch of panels with a blue, glowing blue light in it, and basically use mining tools, which are which also happen to double as like these blaster guns. Looks like it's a over the shoulder. Okay, I, I thought so. That's kind of what I was picturing in my head. Anyway, but it's it's really fucking tense because it's it's um. Like so much of the game is dark, and it's one of those games where you can only see where your light's pointing. Um, and the, the monsters you're fighting are so fast, and a lot of them are very terrifying. <laughs> so it's very tense in an active game, and if like you, if you're not quick on the on the trigger, like and accurate, then you're not going to make it. Like even on easy setting, I remember there just being like really weird, creepy shit too. Um, cause I remember you playing this when we were living together. God, really? Yeah. And like, there was a, a guy just like standing in a corner, smashing his face against the wall. And you're just like, this is fucked up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go back and play that game again. Actually, I can't. I, I guess I could. It's a PlayStation 3 game and I took my PlayStation 3 down, so... Is the five not backwards compatible? Not to three. Oh. You can play four, but not three. Mm. You can probably download it, but it's like I already bought the fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the announcement is that EA is, uh, at, or sorry, at, at their EA Play Live uh, 2021 event, uh, they announced that a Dead Space remake is in development. Uh, they didn't reveal much about platforms, but that the game will feature an improved story characters game and gameplay mechanics and more now anybody familiar with ea games will know that gameplay and mechanics will come at a cost because ea loves their microtransactions Mm. they love to upcharge you although i swear i just saw something that said that there will not be microtransactions in it i will believe that when i see it um Dead Space franchise made a huge impact on survival horror genre when, genre when it was released 12 years ago, and I came to Motive as a fan first to specifically work on this game, said Philippe Ducharme, uh, who is the senior producer of Dead Space. Uh, we have a passionate team at Motive who are approaching this remake as a love letter to the franchise. Going back to the original and having the opportunity to do so on next-gen consoles uh, excited everyone on the team. And as we looked to modernize the game, we reached out to dedicated fans and invited them to provide us with feedback since the early stages of production to deliver to the space, Dead Space game they wanted or they want and for new players to enjoy as well. 
So, I mean, Dead Space has a lot of replay value because you feel like you can always do better. <laughs> because unless you're just like a pro who's played it a dozen times, like you're going to get fucked up at some point. Yeah. And it's one of those games where it's it's a lot like uh, kind of Biohazard. I mean, Resident Evil 7 and presumably Resident Evil 8, where it's like ammo is so scarce. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's hard to protect yourself because you got sometimes sometimes things coming from all angles, and again it's dark except where you got your light pointing. And it's like you have to be so accurate. Yeah, yeah, you got to get basically a headshot, otherwise you're going to unload your clip, uh, and you know be out of ammo. Yeah, and unless you're really fucking good, well, actually, I don't think you even have a knife in that game. In Dead Space, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I've I've seen like playthrough videos. A guy just like kicking ass at. Resident Evil games with just a knife. What? Yeah. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> um, anyway. I, I was just playing it before you got here, and I'm just like, ah! <laughs> Swinging my <laughs> knife like crazy. I'm like, why won't you fucking die? Get and away I, from I'm, me! Like, trying to do the stabby thing. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's like you stab them, and they just like take a step back, and they're like, ah! And then they come back. <laughs> it's like, hey, stop it. How? <laughs> Um. Yeah, so I mean, I I don't know if they're gonna change the story itself because I mean, it's an improved story, but does that mean they're gonna change it or just add add stuff to it? Because like you already know, you already know how the game ends. Well, for anybody who's played it, You're right? Um, and then you know, I mean, you know that Isaac survives. <laughs> And they make a sequel game. Um, so I don't know. It's I don't understand how this remake works because the only remakes I can think of are the Resident Evil games, mm-hmm. where they remade them for like GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> um, or actually, I guess they did them more recently with like Resident Evil Three. Yeah. Um, but it was just the same game with like improved mechanics and stuff. So. I mean, that worked out well, but it has a nostalgia factor, which I guess Dead Space does too at this point. Yeah, I would say, I mean, a smaller audience yeah. to be sure, but. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it could work. It could be cool. It's worked in the past. It'd be cool to see some some uh, some better graphics, that's for sure, because even for 12 years ago, the graphics on it were pretty solid. Yeah. So if they've got like next-gen you know, 21st century. Well, that was, they got next gen, like 2021 graphics to put into this awesome game. Like I can only imagine it'll improve things. The only thing that really gives me pause is the fact that it's EA because EA is trash. (laughs) Like I won't buy an EA game. Well, it's motive studios, which I guess is a EA division, but yeah, still EA. Yeah. Like I said, EA, has become notorious for their fucking microtransactions in like the last five years. Yeah. People just like won't play them. Won't play EA games because of the fucking microtransactions. It's just ripping off your fan base. Yeah. Um, and it's, that, that kind of shit's become more and more popular over the years because people will, I mean, game developers will be like, okay, well, we'll put out this game. It's like a base model. And then you can pay for the add-ons i mean i'm i'm fine with a freemium model as long as it's not 
required to advance the game. Yeah. And it rarely, if ever, is. Yeah. It's just like... It's for those people who, like, gotta have 100%. Yeah. And there, there's that. And, like, like DLC has become a big thing lately. And for a lot of things, it's like, it's a continuation of the story. But a lot of times, it's just like, you know, it's more of the same shit with very little payoff. And I just, hey, I just dropped fucking extra 20 bucks on top of the fucking 60 or 70 bucks I just paid for the game. Right. And then, you know, once all the DLC has been released and they're going to start working on a new game, then it's like, oh, here's the special edition with all that <laughs> DLC added. That's something Assassin's Creed has been doing lately in the last <laughs> few games. Like, the the DLC is usually pretty entertaining from my experience, but what they've been doing is, like, in the early games, they have, it's all very DNA-oriented. It's kind of like an underlying theme to the games. And you can get these Helix credits by Helix credits by achieving goals in the game. Now, in the last, like I said, five to ten years, they've been offering Helix credits in the store to mm. buy for real money. Um, and they're harder to get in the game if you can even get any. And then you can only buy these certain add-ons with Helix credits. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. So I fucking hate that shit. I mean, if the games themselves weren't fun still on their own, I'd probably just stop playing them. But The ones that keep getting me are Dead by Daylight. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, Leatherface add-on? Yeah, I'll get that. Fucking hey. <laughs> I think uh, I think it, I downloaded Ash, but I feel like I didn't pay anything for it. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe it was on sale or something. I don't know. <sighs> anyway, I, I don't play that game much. Just I'm not good at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I sat down. I don't... I don't like playing video games online with randos. Yeah. I like playing video games online with people I know. Sure. And that's like one of the few that has cross play. So like we could play it together, but we never do, but we never do. It's hard because like, I mean, you've got yours in the living room, but I feel like a lot of people have like a dedicated game space. Like, like Max, you know, he's got a space for his gaming computer. Mm -hmm. Mine is hooked up to the TV in our living room where we do most of our, you know, family time yeah so it's just hard to especially now with the baby it's hard to sit down and play a game sure anyway so yeah dead space could be cool don't know when it's coming out but uh fuck i mean depending where they are and develop it it could be another couple years yeah it seems like that's kind of how game development works it's like oh yeah you want that new game two years Numbers too big to ignore And I know too much to go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all before And I've been down there So earlier this month, July 13th to be specific uh, Author Grady Hendrix put out a slasher book called The Final Girl Support Group And, you know, following in the footsteps of Stephen King uh, It's already been adapted or being adapted 
into a, uh, in this case, a series for HBO Max. Uh, Andy Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti, who of course did the the It remakes, uh, are joining forces with Charlize Theron to produce a planned series adaptation for HBO Max. Okay. <laughs> Charlize Theron, of course, best known as Rita. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Bye-bye to Rita then. <laughs> Mr. F. Do the math, Rita. No, you do the math. Uh, Andy Machete is also... She's, she has a wee brain. <laughs> uh, Andy Machete is also set to direct the pilot. In Final Girl Support Group, Lynette is a real-life final girl who survived a massacre. For more than a decade, she's been meeting with five other final girls and their therapists in a support group for those who survived the unthinkable, working to put their lives back together. Then one woman misses a meeting, and their worst fears are realized. Someone knows about the group and is determined to rip their lives apart again, piece by piece. But the thing about Final Girls is that no matter how bad the odds, how dark the night, how sharp the knife, they will never, ever give up. Is that a, a bit? That was, that was a Jericho thing. Ah. <laughs> um, this sounds really familiar. Have we talked about the book before? Nope. Huh. But it kind of sounds like the movie Final Girl. With Walter <coughs> Face? No. The other one. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't called Final Girl. But there was there was one where it was like a girl that was she was a final girl, and now the the killer was coming back. We did it on the show? I don't I don't think we did actually. Oh. But I think we both watched it. It's not ringing a bell. Uh, this sounds like a novel idea. Ah, I get it. Because like it was a book. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I, no, it sounds interesting. Um, a, a definitely a different take on the um, slasher, you know, style or, you know, uh, um, what's the word? Genre? Archetype. That's oh. It. Um, and you know we, we've we've seen that from both sides, I think, um, where the whole genre has been kind of flipped on its head. In that, like, um, you know, like uh, behind the mask, mm, yeah, you know, where you see like things from kind of behind the mask with a serious, with a you know up and coming slasher, and then you see something like Final Girls, where not so much the same idea, but kind of like. You know, seeing the 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 lives of slasher victims kind of before they become victims, you know, yeah, um, kind of an outside perspective, you know, outside looking in, or no, maybe I don't know, inside looking out, just a, a different perspective on the whole slasher genre, um, and I think this is another another good one, or at least it sounds like. Uh, I like that it's a series because like listening to the description, I feel like if they tried to do a movie, it would either be like too compact or, uh, or they would have to take a bunch of stuff out. Yeah. But yeah. I feel, I feel like this, the plot line really lends itself to more of a series. Yeah, for sure. Um, and HBO max means they can swear and do lots of blood and stuff. Boobies. Show boobies. Yeah. Hell of boobies. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and you know, Muschietti being behind it is a good place to start. Charlize Theron, that's a curveball. Yeah, that one kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> but whatever. wonder if she'll be in it at all. Hard to say. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I already have HBO Max, so I don't really have to put forth any effort to actually watch this, other than to just sit down and watch it. But right. Sounds like it could be cool. Yeah, I'll probably check it out. Um, bu- 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 and so the book just came out. And yeah. Already- <laughs> Man, she must... It was Grady, Hen- wait, Grady Hendrix. Is that a man or woman? I don't know. I say I must feel like Stephen King right now. That's exactly what I said. You did? Yeah, you were on your phone. Oh well, fuck you. Grady Hendrix is a man. He's a man, baby. Awesome powers. <laughs> yep, you're welcome. <laughs> I just, I just watched that for the first time in probably ten years the other day. It's like it's still funny, but at the same time, it's like, man, these jokes are fucking tired. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's a shame too, because like the movie's frozen in time. It's like it can't do anything. It's like, oh, you know, people abuse these jokes. Maybe we should change things up. It's like, no, can't. Those <laughs> jokes are just there. Yeah. <laughs> Same with like Ace Ventura. Like, Ace Ventura is still funny, but the jokes are so fucking tired. Yeah. Except the ones we make. Those are still funny. <laughs> <laughs> the ones we make aren't the ones that people would think of. Right. Like calling people saddlebags. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> Hi ho silver. <laughs> oh, we're idiots. All right. <laughs> so that's it. Uh yeah, keep an eye out for Final Girl support group at some point. On Hobo Max. Hobo Max. <laughs> I told you about that show White Lotus, right? Yep. Did you watch it? Nope. Cool, cool. <laughs> It's not so bad. I need to rewatch the second episode because I fell asleep like halfway through it. But I was awake long enough to see Alexander Daddario's booby. Just one? Singular. (laughs) But that's good enough for me. (laughs) Because I like boobies. (laughs) All right. Let's move on and talk about some movies. All right, guys, so like we mentioned at the top of the episode, this is our impromptu uh, week of the werewolf. Uh, we're going to be talking about two uh, relatively new werewolf films. I've said in the past, uh, I'm just a total shill for werewolf movies. I He's a werewolf, Mark. Yep. Uh, I love werewolf movies, especially when they like really like whole hog. Like lay into it. Like I don't like it when they really like when they phone it in. It's like, oh yeah, it's a werewolf movie, but you're never actually gonna see the werewolf. That's what I fucking can't stand. But we'll get into that. Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Bloodthirsty. I think I found someone to produce my next album. His name's Vaughn Daniels. It says he was tried for murder. He was acquitted. Come in. Mr. Daniels. I'm glad you're here, Gray. This is my girlfriend, Charlie. Hi. I 
get the creeps. Since you got here, your music is it's beautiful. I can smell it all over you. And something primal. You need to use that. There's nothing that you have to hide from me. I suffer from hallucinations. I hallucinate that I'm turning into an animal. What's wrong, you okay? We're leaving. This place is doing something to you. It's not this place. You can't run away from your destiny. I don't know who you are anymore. Do you want to be a predator or do you want to be prey? All right, so Bloodthirsty is the story of a pop singer named Gray, uh, Gray Kessler. I'm trying to think, like I was watching this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk, we're going to talk about her as a musician to some degree. Who can I compare her to? Honestly, I have no idea because like she sounded like, like a pop singer from, you know, nowadays, but I honestly, I don't know pop singers. I mean, the piano, it made me think Vanessa Carlton. Sure. she Is she even around anymore? I don't know. All I know is Zach Braff fucking loves that song. <laughs> uh, Fucking where she's playing the piano on top of the is truck. That, is that everywhere? I don't know. Or was that Michelle Branch? I think that was That's Michelle, Michelle Branch. Branch. I always get them confused. I don't know. They're probably the same person. Probably. It just some studio exec was like, I know how to make double the money. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna tell, we're gonna do slightly different music and tell her you're a different person. And we're gonna we're gonna fucking watch the money roll in. because um, people are sheep. <laughs> but Gray is a, a a pop singer. Um, she is working on a second Gray album. Daniels? Gray Daniels, yes. <laughs> Gray Daniels. Uh, she's working on a second album, but she's she's having a bit of writer's block. Uh, she keeps getting asked by the the press. They're like, you know, how's how's the second album going? She's like, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Shut the fuck up. Get mm-hmm. out of my face. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's you know. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, but she finally decides on a producer. This guy named Vaughn Daniels. <laughs> if she got married to him, she'd be Gray Daniels. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so this guy, uh, um, I almost called him Gray Daniels, <laughs> Vaughn Daniels. Uh, he, he's he got a bit of a sketchy past. Uh, apparently he was accused but acquitted uh, of murdering one of his clients, uh, this other pop singer that he was working with many years ago. Uh, so when Gray tells her girlfriend, Charlie, that she's working with this guy, Charlie you know, immediately goes to the Google Looks him up and is like, um, no, <laughs> maybe you don't. Um, how why at all? How why at all? Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> it's called um, But actually, <laughs> let me back up. This this movie, like, 
immediately tells you what's going on because like the, the opening scene is you see gray and she's got like claws instead of fingernails um and she, her eyes are like big and dilated and yellow like a like a dog's eyes like a like a werewolf yeah but she you know she pops a pill and it goes away and then we see her talking to her therapist who is uncle nobby <laughs> <laughs> And you know he could. He basically tells her it's all in your head. So that, we get that set up. But Gray decides she's she's going to work with Vaughn despite Charlie's uh, objections. So the two of them go off to his place off in the woods, this uh, in the mountains. You know he's got this giant house with studio. Um, and. Vaughn is very eccentric. He is, uh, he, he's got some very, I don't want to say questionable methods, but he's got some very unique methods. Like at one point he's just like, I want you to just run as hard and as fast as you can until you can't take another step and you can barely breathe. I could see the therapeutic use in that. Yeah. So it's not all, I mean, maybe we're just not crazy, but <laughs> maybe they're onto something. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's a little weird. Like if somebody sure. you just met, especially like if you're a woman and he's a man and, and you're at his place and he's got this position of power and he's just like, I just want you to run until you can't run anymore. Yeah. Until you're so tired you can't walk. Yeah. If somebody took you out in the middle of like a, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's snowy. I mean, this, yeah. I don't know if this necessarily takes place in Canada, but it is a Canadian film. So it's all snowy <laughs> as Canada is, you know, because snow. Because it's the, the north. Canada has snow. It's always snowy. They're the north. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it takes you, takes her out in the snow. And it's like, hey, you go run. Like, uh, no, <laughs> yeah, right? No, <laughs> it's like I want you to be so tired, like you just like can't even walk. And like, but no, because then protect yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, she does this, and then when she's in the studio, she's like singing, and he's just like, no, again, 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 and just like pushing her to her limits and you know charlie sees this as as very uh, kind of abusive but vaughn tells her you know he keeps saying I, i've made lots of really great music with really great artists and this this is my method and i need you to just back the fuck up yeah get out my face um oh yeah and vaughn is a former boy bander which right. he doesn't look like no <laughs> he's like please girl don't go um, yeah, as he's like pushing her through all this stuff and we don't get a lot of the, the kind of werewolfy stuff, No, but we do see there's one point where her, you know, she starts seeing the claws again and she's like, oh, I think we, we need to stop. And Vaughn sees her taking a pill and he's just like, you don't, you don't need this. Yeah. And so then her and Charlie get in a big fight over that. Um, I'm wondering how much I can give away here. I mean, there. Aside from the end, there's not a lot of plot twists or anything like that. Yeah, there's not a lot to give away other than just the plot itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the plot itself is basically just like she's trying to record this album, and 
Vaughn is pushing her really hard and Charlie is kind of, um, you know, kind of trying to defend her and, but gray is like, you know, no, this is, this is what I need. This is good for me. This is how I make my next album really good because I am out of ideas. Yeah. And, uh, Charlie even says that like her music has really changed since they got there. I, I, she doesn't really get into specifics, but I get the feeling it's kind of like darker and a little moodier. Yeah. Um, she has a lot of songs about like being heartbroken, heartbroken. And yeah, which like, you know, she sings one for Charlie and Charlie's like, that's so beautiful. It's like, personally, if like <laughs> that song was called God is a fascist, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you're singing all these songs about heartbreak and all this and that. And it's like, if I was her significant other, I'd be like, is there something wrong with me? Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's this really weird part where she's singing a song for uh, Vaughn and she says, there's a line that's like, boys will make you suicidal or something like that. And he's like, boys. Yeah. And she's like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it was kind of weird. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, like the, the whole time she's like writing music and stuff. And I'm like, Pop stars don't write their own songs. <laughs> no. Fuck no. <laughs> Come on. Um, Except Taylor Swift, though, which I'll give her credit for that, but her music is still garbage. <laughs> Didn't she start writing music for other people, though? Fuck if I know. Oh, I thought that was the case, but I don't know either. Um, but yeah, like Vaughn just keeps pushing her harder and harder, and she... You know, once she stops taking the pills, things kind of start getting really weird. Uh, she's a vegan, but she has dinner with Vaughn, and Vaughn gives her a, p- a piece of steak, and she's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, this because is so good. Because meat is amazing. Because meat is really good. And I imagine the longer you have not had meat, which she said she stopped eating meat at six, uh, the better it is. Yeah. You know, actually, like, if you are, a, like, a long-term vegetarian or vegan or something and you start eating meat again, you can't just jump into it with both feet because apparently your body stops producing the kind of bacteria that breaks it down. Mm. So, like, if you just say, okay, well, I'm done being a vegetarian. I'm going to eat, sit down and eat this giant fucking steak. <laughs> eat the old 69er. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left on that plate but gristle and fat. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you just, you'll, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. It's going to come out one end or the other <laughs> very quickly. So you know how they say that like, by X age, the average person has X amount of red meat clogged in their colon? You mean Judge Reinhold? Judge Reinhold said that? Yeah. Barely those cop. Oh, well, I don't know if that's where it started. (laughs) Um, Apparently, that's like, that's bullshit. Um, I was listening to Armchair and Dangerous with Dak Shepard and David Ferrier. I don't know who that is. You don't know who David Ferrier is? No. He's he's the the dark tourism guy. Oh, okay. British, right? New Zealand. Kiwi. Got it. Okay, anyway. Um... But this podcast is all about like conspiracy theories and they did one on medical misinformation and they had this guy talking about colonoscopies or yeah. And he was like, yeah, colonoscopies are do nothing for you. 
No, not colonoscopy. Um, I'll say they do a lot. <laughs> uh, what's it called when they like flush everything out? Enemas? But like, it's like a medical thing. Like, like you have to go somewhere and do it. They don't, it's not something you can do at home. A cleanse? I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Anyways, whatever. He's like, he's like, you know, they, you see these things floating out of it and they're like, oh, these are the, the toxins leaving your body and stuff. And he's like, no, it's just like doo-doo. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, there's, there's n- nothing that your body can't break down. I mean, like everybody's shit out a piece of gum. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the body cannot you still break pass down. It. Pol- what? You still pass it. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, no. The, the notion that something you eat just gets trapped in your bowels forever, that's ridiculous. And anybody that believed that at any point needs to have their fucking brain checked. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> of course. There's, there's, there's not red meat clogging your colon. That's all I got to say. Right. Um, yeah, and then, you know, she does the thing that we see in so many werewolf and especially vampire movies where she, like, goes and drinks the blood from the steak. Mm-hmm. And so she starts to get the hunger. Yep. And, uh, I mean, spoiler alert. So I put a little time in there so people could fast forward. There you go. Uh, Gray is a werewolf. Yeah, not that that's a big spoiler. Although... Maybe she's not, because like at the end she goes back to her therapist, and it, he kind of maybe makes you think it was all made up. Like maybe it's still all in her head. Maybe uh, I think she's probably a werewolf. <laughs> you would, <laughs> but I'm saying they give you that seed of doubt. Sure. The therapist is kind of like. You know, because he says, you know, I'm concerned and we already know she went off her pills. And so it's like, was it all just a hallucination? Was did, did something else happen? It, but. I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Thanks. <That's... laughs> um, Yeah, there's like there's a big plot twist in there. That's not it. The fact that she actually is a werewolf is not the big plot twist. There is a, another big plot twist, which I won't give away. Um. But, yeah, he makes her kill a mouse with her bare hands. Mm-hmm. That was pretty gruesome. Sad. Yeah. She ran over a little bunny. Yeah, they, they like, really kind of hammer home that, like, yes, she's she's a vegan, so, you know, she's very concerned about animals. She runs over a bunny, and she's just, like, she even says to Charlie, you know how I am with animals. Yeah. Well, that'll fuck up your day. <laughs> like, I almost, I tell myself that I didn't run him over, and I'm pretty sure I didn't, but, like, or... Sorry, I'm mixing up two different stories. There was this one time I was sitting at a stoplight and um, just you know waiting for it to turn green. And I look over to my left and outside I see this little mouse, just like a little wood mouse, just running around the street. It's like, uh-oh. This is like a busy street. It's like, you better get out of the way, buddy. And like all of a sudden, like cars making left turns from the opposite, you know, direction of traffic start coming in and like driving like over him and around him and like you know none of them are seeing the little mouse it's like oh dude get on the curb get on the curb and like 
And then my light turned green, so I had to go. So I don't know what became of him, but uh, I, I tell myself that he made it out. <laughs> it's like when we were coming back from Colorado, the fucking prairie dogs, they're like, we're the only car on this road. And they're like, wait for it. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. Go now. <laughs> Same with fucking deers. I was out. I was kind of worried where your story was going to go. And you're like, I would convince myself I didn't hit him. But I mean, I was like, dude, are you okay? And he didn't say anything. But, <laughs> You know, he was a vagrant, so it's probably fine. <laughs> Nobody's miss him. I was out driving. Just I was out driving. Just trying. He's driving along, driving along. <laughs> this was a long time ago, um, but I, it, it was really late. It was probably like one in the morning. I was just driving around, and I was going through like these back roads. You know where Northwest Trek is, like on like past Graham. Yeah, like kind of just like really desolate out there and like not just trees and a road uh i was driving around there and there's no street lights or anything so all basically all i was seeing is my headlights and i was driving the speed limit but all of a sudden this deer fucking jumps out in front of me and i just have to stomp on my brakes and the fucking thing's just staring at me just sitting there staring at me like move yeah can we move this along because like if i tried to drive around it i didn't know what it was gonna do yeah Anyway, okay. Um, is that it? Uh, as far as plot, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of wolfiness going on, really. Nope. Uh, for most of the movie, it's kind of uh, it's kind of just teased. It's it's really more kind of about uh, her changing not into a werewolf, but into just a different person. Yeah. And Vaughn kind of, you know, unlocking things in her brain. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I really don't like movies like this. Like. Where like everything is a setup. Yeah. Or just like. If I'm going to watch a werewolf movie, I want it to be a werewolf movie. I feel like I've said this before. Every time, pretty much every time we watch a werewolf movie. Uh, so just give me a fucking werewolf. Like, don't add all this fucking backstory. It's like, oh, you know, is she a werewolf? Isn't she? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and all this drama about, like, this coming of age shit or, or whatever they're trying to achieve. Like, just make it a fucking werewolf movie. It's like they could have kept the same plot and just made it less fucking fluff about her trying to discover herself as a person you know like i don't care i don't don't care yeah like i want to see her turn into a werewolf that's all i want and i mean that happens but it's like i mean it barely happens (laughs) yeah i guess i guess that's my point is like for a werewolf movie there was like almost no werewolf yeah so yeah like as a movie overall like it's fine i think i think the script is well done it's well written um i did there something that i noticed is i really hate when movies give you exposition and this one i feel like did a good job of like explaining things in a way that like oh now you're learning this without someone just flat out telling you yeah uh so i thought this movie did that well this the script i thought was good but um I agree with you from, from a horror perspective, this movie is lacking for 
80% of the movie in any horror whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, and it's not even like kind of, you know, other than, you know, her seeing her fingernails and then taking a pill and it goes away. That's about it. And there's, there's not even really like, you know, is she a werewolf? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's no like, you know, Oh, who murdered so-and-so or, you know? Yeah. Like it's a very small cast. There's five, four, four people in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like you're getting like this high body count or anything. But no, I mean, as far as main cast, yeah, there's gray, Charlie, um, Vaughn, Vaughn and Vera, Vera. And then, oh, and the uncle Nobby <laughs> and uncle Nobby. And then, you know, <laughs> at the beginning when she's doing all that press stuff, all those faces oh, people. Yeah. But I mean, if you're not, and then there was the hitchhiker too. Right. Which is pretty much our only cannon fodder. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the random hitchhiker dies. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, if this didn't have the, you know, context of being a, a werewolf movie, there's no way I would have watched it. Like, because, yeah, like you said, the the movie itself is fine. I mean, it's it's... It's well done in all aspects. Yeah, but it's just not something I'd be interested in. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, the only thing that drew me in at all was the fact that it was a werewolf movie. And I could honestly, I could kind of tell just by looking like, the poster and, like, seeing that it was described as provocative and twisted that it probably wasn't going to be a very good werewolf movie. (laughs) Because, like, if I, again, if I'm watching a werewolf movie, I want it to be a fucking monster movie. I don't want it to be provocative and twisted. (laughs) I mean, twisted, but... Well, sure. But not probably not the way that they are talking. Yes. Which I didn't obviously didn't realize beforehand. Yeah. I don't know. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, she writes this song called "Bloodthirsty," which is obviously where the title comes from, and it's <laughs> it's like how she said it. It's basically about like you know the paparazzi overwhelming her and stuff, and it's like that's kind of where the title comes from not necessarily from her being a bloodthirsty monster. Yeah. So it's a little, little bit of a misnomer. Yeah. And you know, my, uh, apprehension about watching this and like, even afterwards, it's like, it was co-written by a person named Lowell. Just Lowell. Wait, no last name. Well, apparently she, is he a janitor for Sandpiper air? It's a guy or it's a, uh, female presumably unless i don't know i don't want to assume gender i guess but i don't really have no don't have much to go on other than a birth name which is elizabeth anyway lowell whose other credits are the soundtrack for nerve and the soundtrack for boo Two a medea halloween oh boy and the soundtrack for you me and her co-wrote this movie it uh, it gave me pause. Like so. a werewolf. No. <laughs> um, the other writer has three credits. Most in most of her credits are uh, as a producer. So it's like, I mean, everybody's gonna start somewhere. It's just like the people that were behind this movie just didn't have a lot of experience in their 
fields, except for the director, who looks like has a fair amount of directing experience, I think. I mean, like I said, I thought the movie was good. It just wasn't what I wanted, wasn't what I expected. Yeah. If it like, was more... You could honestly just cut out all the werewolf parts, and this is still a movie about, like, a woman in a, you know, accepting abusive relationship because she wants to better her career or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like I said, I mean, if it's a, if you're going to make a werewolf movie, make a fucking monster movie because that's what werewolf movies are about. Yeah. Like, I want to see some people getting ripped to shreds. Exactly. Also, the werewolf effects were like, they still looked mostly human. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's like she gets kind of like, I mean, she has claws, obviously. And she looks a little kind of mangy. And, you know, she's got the yellow eyes and looks like maybe like a, like a brow piece and yeah. possibly a nose piece and fangs. But it's like, you know, it's not full like werewolf regalia or she's got like a bunch of like fur and shit. Right. But I, I don't know if it was supposed to be like mid transformation, but that's as far as we get. Yeah. So, so there's that. Yeah. And then they do the thing where you see like the, the wolf's shadow. I must have missed that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say? Not really. I mean, it's... I feel like we, we do this a lot, but it's like, it's a perfectly adequate movie. It's just not what I want. <laughs> yeah. I don't... I don't... I don't like werewolf movies being used as an underlying theme for a drama. Yeah. That bugs me as a horror fan and, a, and more so as a werewolf fan. So I'm going to give it a five. Uh, four. So, yeah, I mean, just if you're going to watch it, go into it knowing that there's not going to be. Like, I feel like the title and the, you know, even the trailer I saw, th this isn't what I was sold. Yeah, they'll do that. Yeah. Fucking Hollywood. Hollywood kid. <laughs> All right. Next up uh, is a brand new film. Came out just this year. Uh, it's a Werewolves Within. Should affect our snowshoes. What? People do that? You know, fun fact, not only is it the oldest, but remains one of the most effective means of traversing the ice. Wow. Yeah, you're gonna fit right in at Beaver Field. Everything here is a little <laughs> questionable. Ranger! The people. The weather. Everything. Oh. Ranger, you look like you just seen a corpse. Well, the roads are effed, and something's wrong with the generator. Which generator? All of them. Can't get on the internet! Uh, also, there's a dead body under your porch. Holy! Ah! Ah! Probably a wolf. What are you, like a wolf detective now, Marcus? 
gonna kill next? I think we can all agree that it's unsafe outside and there's safety in numbers. Out of curiosity, who is packing? Well, we're having a good old-fashioned sleepover. With guns, though. With guns, yes. Everything about this predator is unorthodox. It's not human. It's not a canine. It's one of them. One of what? A what? Like a, a werewolf. How could it gotten in here? Oh. Ah! How did they get out? Who says it got out? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I'm a werewolf. Maybe you're a werewolf. Maybe you're a werewolf. You're a werewolf. You're a werewolf. You're a werewolf. Are we really in a Mexican standoff right now? Baby, don't say Mexican. Just stand up. You know, we're probably just gonna head out. We're just, just pull it. Oh, yeah. That's right. We got it on our own. It's just a strike. Hey, you go ahead, please. Don't spare oh, me. Oh, please go. Oh, please. Please don't bum the lock. Oh my goodness, I could have gotten it. All right, so Werewolves Within. Uh, brand new movie. Uh, I think it looks like it just had its a short theater run uh, last month in June, and just came out on on demand uh, on July second. So it's it's pretty brand new. Um, it is based on a video game from Ubisoft, or is it? Honestly, as, as much as I love their games, I have no idea if it's Ubisoft or Ubisoft. I've always said Ubisoft, because yes. Ubisoft sounds like a medical condition <laughs> that you take a little blue pill for. This is your Ubi? No, because Ubisoft. <laughs> um, you want be hard. <laughs> uh, Werewolves Within, um, this game. Dong fast once low. <laughs> I... Uh, I, Werewolves Within, so it's a video game. Um, it's based on a party game originally called Mafia, which has been adapted into different formats since its inception, including one called Werewolf. Um, but Werewolves Within is the video game format released by Ubisoft or Ubisoft, whichever it is. Maybe it's Ubisoft. Oh, curveball. <laughs> um, Let's see, it came out in December 2016. So, you know, it's it's a fairly older game as far as games go. Uh, this was directed by Josh Rubin, who wrote, directed, and starred in Scare Me. And uh, I believe we had some pretty positive things to say about that. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so, as you could guess, this is a comedy horror um and you know you just have to look at the cast to know that um you've got sam richardson he'd probably know from most prominently probably veep do you ever watch that uh yes like a few like i didn't watch all of it but i saw a few episodes okay um also uh, i know him best from match game from what match game match game the game show oh was he on that? Yeah. Okay. He was on a couple episodes. Oh. 
Uh, also has uh, Milana Veintrub. Veintrube. Okay. And some other people you recognize from various... She's, she's best known as Lily the AT&T girl. Yes. She was also in Silicon Valley, which is like the first thing I'd ever seen her in other than the AT&T Yeah, I think me too. Uh, and it's just like this polar opposite of Lily. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, some other people you recognize from from various movies, Sarah Burns TV shows. I think a lot of people would know Sarah Burns. Uh, she was in "I Love You, Man." Yeah, um, and you know um, Michael Chernis and Catherine Curtin were both in "Orange Is the New Black." Um, just yeah, a lot of people from different things that you've seen. Um, Harvey Gallien and from. Do you, do you watch uh, what we are or what we do in the shadows? The TV, yeah, the show. I again, some of it I haven't finished it. Okay, I I, was oh he's the familiar? Yeah. Okay, I thought I recognized him, but he doesn't have a beard in that, right? Isn't uh, he clean shaven in that? Yeah, or you know maybe stubble or something. Yeah. But then, oh, Cheyenne Jackson from Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say American Horror Story, but yeah, Thirty Rock. Um, I guess American Horror Story is more on brand. <laughs> I think he's been doing that longer. And since he was barely in 30 Rock. Yeah, but we watch 30 Rock like every fucking six months or so. so. Sure. I just say like, it's funny that his character was like this recurring cast member on uh, TGS. Or sorry. Uh, T- yeah, you're right. Is it TGS? Yeah. Okay. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Is it- the girly show. Oh, right. They, okay. The TGS with Tracy Jordan. That's yeah. what it was. Um but he's he's almost in no episodes, and then like he pops up at, like the end of the series. <laughs> it's like hey, I'm still here. Anyway, so yeah. Um, so the plot is centered around mainly uh, Finn, uh, who is played by Sam Richardson. Um, he's the new ranger in town. Yeah, he's just been drafted to. Which I didn't, take, what does that mean? Forest ranger. Oh, okay. But he's, he's like, he acts like he's the police. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just because they don't have police there. So he's probably the next best thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Forest Ranger, he just got reassigned to the town of Beerfield, which is just a small town in Vermont. Um, and he comes into this town and he's, you know, very quickly starts meeting all the people. Uh, it's, it's a fairly small community. Um, and, uh, he basically just goes out with uh, Cecily, the mail carrier, on her on her route. Yeah, he and she introduces him to everybody. Yeah, Cecily, played by Milana Veintrub. 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 Um, doesn't make any sense. I've heard her say it. I just like by the spelling, it doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Who am I? Just uh, a guy. Eastern European. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he comes in this town, he starts meeting all the people, and they're all quirky in their own way. Most of them are these fucking right-wing nut jobs. Um, some of them are just these drug addict degenerates. And um, What are the... There are two people. I don't, I don't think they necessarily do any one thing in the town. They're just kind of the local weirdos. Um, was it... Um, the um Sarah Burns and the guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're well, she's a mechanic. I don't know if they're both mechanics, but No, no, no I'm sorry. 
Damn it. What am I thinking of? Fuck. Oh, are you thinking of uh, the the woman with the dog? Yes. Uh, Trisha, the Andertons. They owned the the maple farm or something like that? That's what it was. Okay. I couldn't remember what it was they did. Anyway. Um, yeah, and they're just fucking weirdos. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so, I mean, he meets Cecily, uh, who's the local mail, mail carrier, and also Janine, who's, who owns the local inn where he's going to be staying. Um, and, uh, yeah, they go out on her mail route, and they start kind of just meeting everybody around town, uh, including, um, what was his name? The fucking mountain man. Uh, Ev- Ever, uh, Emerson. Thank you. Man, I cannot remember names to save my life. <sighs> I should be looking at a better cast list for starters. There we go. Okay. Um, so. Yeah. Emerson is this like, he lives out in the middle of nowhere, like even more so than the rest of the town. Yeah. Cecily kind of tricks him into taking, tricks Finn into taking this guy as male with all these signs posted on his property. Like do not enter private you, property. You, you will, will be shot. shot. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah. And so it's after we meet all these people, they kind of, uh, we go go back to the inn, and suddenly the power goes out. Um, or no, so Trisha's dog is yeah, Chachi. Uh, yeah, Trisha. You see Trisha take her dog Chachi out, just this little fucking rat dog. Um, take it out to to pee in the middle of the night, and something takes it, a beast of some sort. Yeah. Um. So she comes to the inn. I I don't know why, but she comes to the inn and you know she's just wailing and she's like collapsed on the floor and just screaming about somebody ate Chachi, somebody ate Chachi, um, and everybody's like, okay, well it's a fucking dog. So, and then we also have uh, Sam Parker. I guess sh- I should mention that he is a he's uh, a fracker. Fracker, he's, he's a, building a pipeline. Yeah, he wants to build a, an oil pipeline um, through the town, which would involve a lot of the citizens to sell off their property to build the pipeline. Um, and um, yeah, he's he's telling stories about this beast that has been, you know, tracked all over the area. He's like, you know, it's it. This looks like a wolf attack, and you know, blah blah blah. And, um. So, so this is when there's an avalanche on the hill, knocks out the power lines, knocks out the phone lines, knocks out the internet, everything. So this town is completely cut off, and you know these these few people who are holed up in this inn start to discover, or they discover the the body of Janine's husband, um, who had been just chilling in the ice for however long, literally, yeah, because it's ice. Yeah, you got it. You're on top of it, man. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, that's why. Like, okay, there, there's this doctor there for whatever reason. They don't. She, oh, she's an ecological doctor there to 
fight back against Parker. Yeah. Against the the pipeline. Um and for some reason she's like analyzing all these attacks because I guess she's a like a biologist too or something. Um and uh uh trying to think of what's important without giving things away. I mean, well, like I guess if if we explain the game it kind of yeah, kind of explains the plot of the movie, but like the game is it's I mean, I don't know about the video game, but you have to figure it's probably um, a similar idea. Just it's, it's yeah, but like the the in-person game is kind of like heads up seven up. Kind of, yeah. Where like one person is in this case the werewolf and you have to try and guess who it is. Yeah. And so yeah, this the, in the movie it's a lot of kind of like you know, leading you to think maybe it's this person, and then maybe it's this person, maybe it's multiple people. Yeah, it's kind of your your classic who done it. Yeah, um, it's a little clueish. Yeah, with with a werewolf. Yeah, presumably, allegedly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and so you know, when all these people are in the house in the inn together, uh, they kind of dis- discover that some this whatever's attacking people is somebody in the room. And they all have guns. So they're like, okay, well, let's take all the guns and we'll lock them up so nobody has guns and we'll all be safer that way. Um, and that was probably my favorite line in the movie is when Finn is just like, it's just a good old-fashioned sleepover. And the guy's like, but with guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with guns. <laughs> um, and, you, you know, a lot of this, you just kind of see the quirkiness of each of these people. Um, you know, uh Marcus and Gwen are the local mechanics, but they're just thieves and drug addicts too. Um, they're just weirdos, just total fucking weirdos. Um, and Trisha and uh, what was her husband Pete? Pete. Um, yeah, these are like the fucking right wing evangelist types. Yeah, um, I think they have they have a sign in their yard that says "We support the pipeline" or whatever, and uh, somebody has spray painted an X through it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Trisha's like, it was Antifa. Yeah, it was the Antifa. Um, and then you've got... Oh, great job, Picasso. You drew an X through it. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Joaquim and Devin, who are the these... They're, they're a gay they're, couple. They're the city folk. Yeah, they're... they're Moved gay, to Beaverfield for whatever reason. This gay couple who are like tech giants. They're, you know, they're rich. And they, yeah, they moved to start with a yoga studio or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um. And yeah, so they're against the pipeline because they're liberal and because uh, they already have money, so they don't need to yeah to sell. It's I, I do like um, somebody calls them tech millionaires, and Devin's like, "We're not millionaires." And Joaquin's like, "Yeah, we are." Yeah, he's like, are we? Are we millionaires? <laughs> we got money. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, just the, the the whole movie kind of plays out. It's like this who done it. It's like, and you, you know, not only who's killing people, but is there really a werewolf, or is it just somebody who's making it seem that way. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of finger pointing as there, as there is in whodunit movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where this movie really shines is like the comedic, uh, abilities of the, of this cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all work really well together and they're all so independently funny, um, in kind of their own ways. And so when you bring it all together, it's like the, the jokes that they're bouncing off of each other are so funny. Um, especially like, um, um, keep wanting to refer to her by her actual name, not her character, uh, Cecily, um, and Finn, 
the way they interact with each other. Where Cecily is like this really, you know, boast not boastful. That's not the right word. Uh, just kind of a Type A type person. And is that right? No, Finn would be the Type A. Finn Finn is very. He's this. He's the straight man. Yeah, he he's very con- uh, not conservative, but reserved and kind of quiet. Like when you first see him on screen, he's listening to these self help tapes in his car. About <laughs> now, how, how to be more balls, yeah. <laughs> balls, balls. <laughs> yeah, just trying to teach him how to be more of a manly man. You find out that like his his girlfriend has basically split up with him, but because he's not assertive enough. Yeah, but didn't but he like wasn't really cognizant enough or cognizant enough to realize that. Yeah, we see he him call dumb. her, and he's like, you know, call me back. If you want, you don't have to. Actually, you don't call me back unless you want to. You can call me back. I don't know. I love you. No, not. I don't know. <laughs> and so, yeah, Cecily spends a lot of time trying to kind of break him out of that, and it's 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 not long before she kind of or the two of them kind of get like a thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, she tries to kiss him, or no, they're about to kiss. They're about to kiss, and, and his then phone his rings. phone rings, and she's like, "Are you really taking a call?" Yeah, right it's like, "Are you fucking serious?" And they're hanging out at the axe den. Right. The you, axe throwing bar. Have you ever been to one of those? No. I kind of want to go. There's, one, there's one somewhere in Seattle. I'm sure there is. That's, <laughs> that's a very Seattle thing. Especially like if it was in like Ballard or something. Um. Anyway. Blade and Timber. There you go. That sounds like an axe throwing place. Capitol Hill. Really? No, there's also one called Axe Kickers. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of like some examples of like the jokes. But oh, you can join the Axe Squatch Throwing League. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, m- 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 yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to kind of reveal who well, this one's down by White Center. Oh, don't go to White Center. I don't know, if you've got an axe, it might be okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to get into like the you know any plot point reveals yeah. or anything like that. Spoiler spoiler territory. Uh but yeah, it's 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 a fun movie and it's really funny. Um But similar to Bloodthirsty, not a lot of werewolf action. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's what kind of keeps you guessing. Similar to Bloodthirsty, kind of in a different way, is like where it's like explicitly trying to like even the, like the members of the cast um, are like trying to figure out if there actually is a werewolf or not. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously werewolves, it's a little unbelievable, but it's like when, you know, uh, quacks like a duck, you know, <laughs> or when it kills like a werewolf might be a werewolf. And plus, uh, the the Dr. Ellis, was that her name? Yeah. She collects hair samples from a couple of the corpses and is running, like, presumably presumably some kind of DNA test on it. Comes back inconclusive. I always love in movies when it's just, like, one little machine. And you just put the hair in it, and it just tells you what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's how that works. (laughs) I mean, there is something called a mass spectrometer where you basically just drop some kind of organic matter in it and it'll tell you what it is. Is that what that was? Probably not. <laughs> Cause I think those things like are very big. Um, 
course, I'm not a scientist, so what do I know? They probably used to be very big. Now that you can do it on your phone. <laughs> it's probably an app. Yeah. <laughs> probably scan it with your camera or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, she determines that it's a, a lycanthrope. Yeah. And it's like they say that like there is human DNA or th- sorry, there's, there's wolf DNA laid on top of human DNA. So basically two different strands of DNA in the same organic matter, which is obviously just strange. But which yeah, means one thing. Werewolf. Werewolf, naturally. Every time that's ever happened to me, I was like, oh, it's got to be a werewolf. Like, What else is a human and a wolf at the same time? It's, it's literally the only thing. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, there's only one thing in the world that is a human and a wolf at the same time. Lycanthrope. Werewolf, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun with this one. I thought it was really funny. Um, the same kind of... Um, it's not not so much subtle, but like kind of passive. I don't. Know, I can't think of the right word. It's more of it's a tease, more than anything. Well, I'm talking about like the, the kind of brand of humor. Oh, where it's it's sort of passive aggressive, sort of subtle. It's not like uh, it's not like um, slapstick type stuff. No, I mean th- there's little bits of pieces of that, but most of the time it's just like it's more people. of kind of a dry humor. Yes, yeah, snarky. That's what I'm thinking of. There you go, snarky humor, especially from Cecily mm-hmm. um, and Sam or Troy uh, Finn being like the straight man and like not really knowing how to adapt to this kind of situation and just feeling you know even though he's kind of looked at as like this authority figure and kind of like the de facto leader. Um, he just really has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> well, plus, like we said, he's he's not assertive. He's very you know kind of reserved, and so being in a authoritative role is kind of uh, not his not his forte. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you've got Gwen and Marcus just being fucking weirdos for your more kind of you know wet humor. Yeah, that almost looked like watching them play off each other it was almost like they were trying to outdo each other as far as just being fucking weird <laughs> when she's got the wrench and she's just like mm. <laughs> look at my wrench dick <laughs> um i like sarah burns i think she's really funny yeah and um what's his face marcus george basil he's pretty funny too i've only seen him in a handful of things but he's always been the funny things i've seen him in he's been pretty funny he was on this short-lived Netflix show uh, with Will Arnett. Um, what's it called? Flaked. Um, and he was... I don't know. It takes place in Venice Beach, so it's got a lot of those kinds of Venice people. And he's just kind of like this drugged-out hippie-type guy. And mm. he was pretty funny in that. Um, anyway... Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the same complaints. Like we said, there, there's not really any werewolf action. Um, again, a bigger cast, but still a very low body count. Yeah. So it, I find I'm trying to avoid sounding hypocritical because I had that complaint about bloodthirsty. But for some reason, like in this, it didn't bother me as much. And maybe that's just kind of a personal preference because like if, if it's not a straight up werewolf movie 
you know, monster movie. And I'm probably going to respond more to a comedy than I am to this kind of dark drama type thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I will say that you do get a werewolf payoff at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't. I don't want to get into details though, because even that is a little bit of a spoiler. Um, but I think I think the the payoff in this is more substantial than Bloodthirsty. Yeah. More of what I come to more of what I come to expect from a werewolf movie. Um, I th- I thought that it was going to be one of those kind of things like a, you know, like a game of murder where like you know people keep getting knocked off it's like oh once you think it's this person they get knocked off that doesn't really happen in this not so much i mean that that's how like the 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 party game of werewolf or mafia that that's how that tends to work is it kind of like among us yeah okay yeah i mean pretty close um yeah i know like werewolf it's like Okay, one one or two people get assigned to be a werewolf. Everybody else is a villager. I think there's one person called like a guardian or something like that who knows who the werewolf is but can't say anything about it. It's been a while since I played, so I, I think that's how it works. Um, and so basically, yeah, the, the you know, it's like, okay, it's, Nighttime, and then there's like a the moderator who communicates with the werewolves, um, and the werewolves will indicate who has to die that night. Say, so, okay, then the moderator says, okay, everybody wake up, it's morning, you're dead. And so, based on that limited amount of evidence, everybody has to try and figure out who the werewolf is, and the guardian, or, or you know, whatever this title may be has to try and kind of steer the village into the right direction. Um, there may be some nuances of that character that I'm missing, but anyway, that's the basic premise. Um, and then ultimately, like if the guardian, if everybody thinks he's a werewolf and they, you know, kill him or put him in jail or however you eliminate people as a villager, um, you know, then he's gone and he has no information to provide and you can't steer people in the right direction anymore. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like, like we said at the beginning, neither of us have played the game or the video game. So we're not sure how different it is from the, from the party game. Right. Um, but yeah, as far as that goes, I feel like this stayed fairly close. I mean, it's just kind of a whodunit. Um, the, the general premise is conveyed. Um. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was really funny, and yeah, I I liked even though the werewolf, sort of you know, again, sort of a spoiler, but even though the werewolf wasn't like a full on like beast werewolf, mm-hmm. I, I still kind of liked. There's it. There's at least more than bloodthirsty for sure. Um. And yeah, and like uh, Josh Rubin, like I said, directed this. He didn't write it, but um, it had a very similar feel to scare me. Hmm. Apparently it's a VR game. Is it? Anyway, 
Anything else to add? Um, not really. I mean, yes, it's funny. It's enjoyable. Um, but I, I do have to, you know, make the same complaint that the werewolf action is very, um, limited. Yeah, no, definitely. I just feel like this had more going for it without the werewolf. The thing is, I mean, like we talked about in bloodthirsty, you could take out the werewolves and there's still a movie in there. This one, you take out the werewolves. I mean, unless you just make it like a killer or something, but you have to change it. You can't just take it out. It's true. So I think that this one, you know, at least weaves the, the werewolf in better. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like we, you know, we made the comparison before it's, it's, it's a whodunit. And like, if you took out werewolf and replaced it with just some kind of faceless killer, it would it's be clue clue, <laughs> which is a fantastic movie. Oh, great movie. Fucking a plus movie. Um, a what? Fuck you. A plus is that's come on, dude. I will watch clue. I watched clue more times than I can count. Like, I would go to Crazy Mike's video like every weekend, and I would re-rent Clue, and I would just watch it back-to-back multiple times. <laughs> I love that movie. <clears throat> um, I, didn't, I didn't realize saying it was an A movie was so insulting. Just fucking check yourself before you wreck re-wreck yourself. I said it's a fucking A movie. <laughs> Do you know they make Clue pops, but they're from the game, not the movie? That's dumb. It's, what's the fucking point? I don't give a fuck about the game characters. Fuck you. Anyway. Uh, you know, I'd give this movie a nine, but because it's overall lacking in like werewolf content, uh, I'll dock it and I'll give it an eight. Um. Yeah, yeah, same. There's a good boy. <laughs> All right. So we done done it, guys. That's it. We have reached the end. And... Yep. So we'll be back with a brand spanking new episode in a couple weeks. And actually, let me take this minute to uh, recognize that I realize that our release schedule has been a little erratic lately. Uh, and it's just because I, I got to edit when I have time. <laughs> and if I don't have time in the small window between when we record and when the episode has to come out, then the episode doesn't come out. Yeah. There's not much I can do about it. So I'll get it out as quickly as I can. And, you know, it'll always be like, it's not going to get into a situation where the episodes are going to start backing up. I'll always make sure I get the episode out before the next one comes out. <laughs> But it just may not necessarily be on our consistent release schedule like it has been in the past. Eventually, it will. Just I got to get more routine down. So we will be back with a brand new episode. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do because we're going to be talking about three movies next episode. Yep. What are they, Taylor? They're the Fear Street trilogy. Yeah, they are. On the Netflix. The flicks. The Netflixes. Like the kids call it. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about three movies. I don't know. Maybe do a re- reduced horror business or no horror business. We'll see what kind of stories come out. If there's like, we've always said, you know, we're going to do at least, I don't even, do we say we're going to do at least five stories? I think we said we, that would be the max. Okay. We, we wouldn't do more than five mo- stories, but if we couldn't find five good stories, then we were just going to 
do less. All right, so I'll probably lean heavier into that. Fair enough. <laughs> for next episode. I want to just be like, well, we need five. Here's some garbage. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, remember in the early days, we'd have like fucking 10 stories and feel like we had to talk about all of them. And then I don't remember at what point we decided, but we're like, all right, five stories. You that's know what? It. No one's coming to us for news. Yeah. <laughs> a week after it's already happened. Exactly. So look for that coming real soon in at least two weeks, maybe more. <laughs> uh, Taylor, in the meantime, where can people find us? They can find us wherever they listen to their podcasts, except Spotify or at graveplotpodcast.com. You can check out all of our episodes there, including Drunken Cinemas. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Graveplot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. Also, patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for exclusive content, including joining us live for horror business, and graveplotfilmfest.com for news on the upcoming Graveplot Film Fest. Graveplot Film Fest, woo! That's what people do. They do that. They do that at the theater. <laughs> cool. So we'll catch up with you next time, guys. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Yeah.